Welcome to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky, and today I'm joined by Denny Rao. Denny is an active member of St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Mechanicsburg. Uh, he's a recorder for the Knights of Columbus Council there. He's active in the That Man Is You program. Uh, he was active in the Living Waters program. He's active in Curcio. Uh, he does a lot of things, a lot of things in the parish. The prayer ministry thing you do there also, right? I help with that, yes. Well, thank you for being with us, Denny. Welcome to Holy Family Radio. Well, thank you, Joe, for having me. Uh, first of all, I'd like to maybe have you tell our listeners a little bit about you, about yourself, a little bit about your background and uh, how you ended up here. <laughs> well, I am from the area. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the other side of the river in a little place called Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Not too many people know where that's at, but... Hmm. That's where I. That's where I hail from. Um, and now you're a member of Saint Louis and Seton Parish, right? Saint Louis and Seton. I grew up. I went. That's, that's interesting. How I got to there. I I grew up as a Presbyterian. I am a convert. Well, that's um, always interesting. <laughs> it has been an interesting journey, and um, it, I got to there because. I married a cradle Catholic, mm-hmm. so I wanted to find out a little bit about this faith we were getting married into, because I agreed to get married in the Catholic Church, and when my son came along, get baptized, I said, well, wait a minute, I'd like to find out a little bit about this, this religion. What's it all about? So I started studying it, and the more I studied it, the more I fell in love with it, and I've never looked back, really. I'm just still going forward. How long have you been Catholic? Ooh, I'd say probably about 35 years, maybe. Wow, that's amazing. About 35. Yeah. And so your wife was Catholic and that you got married in the Catholic Church and then that prompted you to investigate the church? Yes, we got married over St. Teresa's. Mm -hmm. And uh, a wonderful priest there, actually the first priest we met was uh, interesting. (laughs) I, I tell this story to a lot of people. We had one meeting with a priest, and then he got transferred, <laughs> and he was an older priest, and I'm telling him my objections to the Catholic Church <laughs> about a run-in at my, my mother was Catholic, and my father wasn't, and I was telling him about a run-in that they had with the people from the church, and as I told him the story, I expected him to look at me and say, well, what do you expect? <laughs> Instead, he looked at me soft eyes and said, I don't know who that person was, but whoever they were, they were an ass. Oh, and I'm like, whoa, with that one phrase, not that I think people are that or anything, but with that one phrase, he took every objection I had against the Catholic Church and just started dismantling the wall. That's that's great. And at that excellent. time, I was open to it and just started learning. Well, I, I know that uh, you were also a veteran. I didn't. I didn't mention that. Also, uh, you were a Marine. I guess always a Marine, correct? I served in the Marine Corps from seventy-five to seventy-eight. What did you do after that? Uh, you want to talk about my dark years? <laughs> I was. Uh, they were dark. I mean, for about seven or eight years before I finally <clears throat> got myself together, I came out a very angry, mean, and bitter person. And by the grace of God. I would not know that because I've known you now for a number of years. I would never know that. (laughs) It's not something I like to talk about much, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. Uh, It was a very dark period. And I think a lot of it was just pulling the um, emotions Mm -hmm. from being in the Marine Corps at that time. I mean, I missed Vietnam by 21 days. 
And, of course, our veterans, military personnel at that time were not looked upon very favorably. Mm -hmm. And that was just a very emotional time for me, and I didn't handle it very well. But then you ended up meeting your, who was now your wife, right? Yes. Was that a big turnaround for you? It was, because um, at that time, I had a... uh, event in my life that caused me to take a look at what direction I wanted to go in. And I knew I didn't want to go back to the lifestyle I had led. I mean, I was very much actively using drugs and alcohol at the time. I was riding a motorcycle with a lot of uh, less than reputable people. And I met her and just decided I did not want to go back in that direction. Wow. This is why we need to hear these types of redemption stories, because it gives us uh, faith that people can change. I'm wow. living proof of that. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I, and I, I've known you for a long time, I didn't, and you never shared that with us. So now you're sharing with us on the radio. So, <laughs> so I, I really do appreciate that, and our listeners do too. Uh, tell us something that's interesting about yourself that maybe a lot of people wouldn't know. Uh, well, a little known fact, but not really that uh, much. But I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I enjoy playing our harmonica. Well, that I didn't know <laughs> also. <laughs> it's like I say, I'm not good, but I do enjoy playing it. That's excellent. Well, I know from all the things that you do, all the different activities you do at the church, everything you do, you don't do it halfway. You always do it. If you're going to do something, the one thing I know about you is you want to have it done right. Uh, and I think that uh, you're super motivated. What What is it that motivates you? I guess experiencing the love and mercy of God in my life. I mean, I, if I was a label, put a label myself, it would be that I wasn't worthy of that. And who is? But, None of us are. I mean, <clears throat> But God's love and mercy is so great. And it just, how can, how can I, how can I object to that? How can I not follow it? How can I not want to be trying every day? And I say trying because I'm not perfect in any way, stretching the imagination, but I try. Well, And I also know that the things that you're involved with, the church, all the different activities you do, they're all successful. And so I guess my next question would be, how, how do you find, define success? It's easy for me to say. How do you define success? <laughs> uh Success to me, definition, is not in the quantity, but like in any of the ministries I'm involved in, if you just bring one person to Christ, just show one person the love and mercy, just turn one person around and have them head in the right direction, that is success. I know that you enjoy talking with people sometimes who are strangers and you share your faith with them. I know that takes a lot of guts to be able to do. There's a lot of people that sit in our pews in our churches that just don't have the intestinal fortitude to be able to, to talk about their faith, particularly to strangers. And I know you have, you have you know, a lot of experience with that. Um, how does that make you feel when you're able to, to share your faith like that? Uh, honestly, to me, it's not much of a stretch <clears throat> because I... I, I just, if if God can reach down and pull me from where I was after my years of being in the Marine Corps and help me, who am I not to reach my hand out? And if I get somebody to say they don't want to talk to me about a subject, 
that's fine. I mean, I worked with you down at the uh, Jubilee down mm-hmm. in Mechanicsburg. What an people experience. Were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, people walking by, you just mentioned something. Would you like to have information about the Catholic Church? You don't know what kind of response you're going to get. You can get a scowl. Hmm. I mean, you got met with people saying, oh, I'd love to learn something. Well, you know, I am Catholic, but I don't know a whole lot about what I'm in. So can you, can you tell me? And you just start talking. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes that even leads, leads to a... a Prayer. Did you get to pray with people? I know that's a really special experience for you. Would you elaborate? I love to sit and pray with people. Prayer to me is is giving back to God, just honoring Him. But I know one of the things I've done with prayer was to be involved with uh, Deacon Alex over at St. Francis of Assisi at their their soup kitchen, their food pantry. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we'd meet over there. Usually, it was it was always on Tuesdays. Uh, We usually go over there. And the people who are coming through the line, they're the salt of the earth, but they have real needs, real desires. And after they get their food, we'd reach out to them and ask, you know, would you like some prayer? And it was really interesting there because most of the people over there are from a Hispanic background, and I don't speak a lick of Spanish. <laughs> so <laughs> Neither do I. It was always me motioning to them. I'd point down, point at myself, and put my hands in a form of a prayer. And the pastor over there, he just told me to just put your hand on your shoulder to start praying. They'll know what's coming. <laughs> and it was really neat because a lot of people, I've had, I had people cry. I had people come back to me the next week and point at me and say they wanted me to pray for them. It's yeah. just really, I feel really blessed in, to be used in that capacity to have these people touched by what I'm doing. Yeah, so much, so many of us feel outside of our comfort zone when we're, when we're called to do that. And, and we're all called to do that. We're all called to be evangelists and to be, you know, praying for people. Uh, what, what gives you the strength to be able to do that? Uh, well, I think a lot of we're getting the strength to do that, especially over there was I used to coach basketball over there. Mm-hmm. I was a coach over at St. Francis of Assisi for nine years. Mm-hmm. I coached the high school boys. And wow. that was, uh, I, remember, I remember being asked, why did I want to coach the high school boys? And I'm not going to get into why, but that was, it was just, everybody said, they have such attitudes. I said, no, after you get past the attitude, after you get past that shell, their armor, you get to really know them. And when they found out that I was there to play, to coach basketball and to be with them, it was like their armor got shed and they let me in. And those kids had some of the best hearts, the kindest hearts of anybody I've ever known. That's interesting because a lot of times people are afraid, particularly high school boys. They're scary looking to a lot of us. You know, <laughs> you know, I was a high school teacher, so not to me, but I mean, the average person, you know, when you see a group of high school kids, I mean, they're they're tough to deal with many times, right? You have to know how to do it, right? And I think you're you're blessed when it comes to communicating and communicating our our faith and just like you know being a good communicator with everybody. I think it is a blessing because will I call myself a good communicator? No, <laughs> I'm not. I I no, I was outside my comfort zone doing it, but I just went ahead and did it. And does it get easier for you as you go along? I, I would think as you when you begin trying to you know get out of your shell to do that, it must be harder. But now, I mean, you've experienced doing it. Is it easier now? It is easier, and I think I never knew a reason why. But if I was to put a reason why on it, um, two weeks ago at our TMIY session on Saturday morning, the uh, 
man who was talking talked about too many of us look out ahead, way out ahead, and expect Christ to show us where we're going, what we're doing. And that was me. And all he said was, Christ tells us he'll show us the next step. He'll light our footpath. He said, so you've got to just take the next step in the direction of Christ. So that's all you do. Just take one step at a time and wow. you'll get there. Wise words. Well, my enemy, the clock is saying we have to take a break. So we're going to be uh, back in just a minute. Uh, we're speaking with Denny Rao, and he's a member of St. Louis Van Seen Parish and a whole lot of ministries there. So everybody, please stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky, and I'm honored to be with Denny Rao. Denny is an active member of the St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Mechanicsburg. We were talking about a whole lot of things before the break, and I want to go, maybe we could talk a little bit more about your faith journey. I know that you're a convert, and those stories are always interesting, particularly for people like me who are cradle Catholics. So can we talk a little bit about what actually uh, got you into the church? Sure. Um, a lot of what got me in church, I had previously shared about the uh, the priest that we had one meeting with. Mm-hmm. But after that, the uh, priest who came in and met with my wife and I to prepare us for getting married, he was just a very jovial priest, very fun. It was fun to be with him. He made uh, Catholicism seem fun. And it, it wasn't like this old stodgy, stuffy mm-hmm. stuff that I thought. Catholicism was about it was it was fun and we had a great time with him met with him went up to dinner with him a few times I don't know am I allowed to say his name yeah go ahead yeah. <laughs> it was Father Larry Shadell which I believe he's down in uh, McSherrystown now yes yes he's a great priest I have I happen to know him also <laughs> what a great priest yeah he he is a lot of fun he does make the faith he, you're right he, he he's really positive and and not very negative he, he doesn't bring uh, I think many times people have the false idea that our church is all full about rules you know it's rule this rule that and yet we have guidelines we have guides it's like they're the things on the long side of the road you know they keep us on the road they're not there to prevent us they're to help us to not go off the cliff right, right those right. guide rails are there to help us stay on the path and that's how I think we need to think of the the guidelines we have in our church, and I think he really emphasizes emphasizes that in his ministry. We agree? He does the way he interacts with everybody. Mm-hmm. But with him, I met with him a few times, and then we had difficulty with coordination of schedules. So then I got involved in the RCIA program over at St. Margaret Mary's with a priest called Father Huff. Mm-hmm. He was part of the uh, one of the priests of the Oblate of Mary Oblate, Oblates of Mary Immaculate, and he was kind of like somebody, a, a, a former Marine like myself needed. He was very steadfast in what he believed in, and this he taught to you, and this is the way it is. And <laughs> not that it was um, not fun, mm-hmm. but he said, but this is what the Catholic faith is. So he taught it to me in a very a way that I could readily adapt right. to and understand. It, mm-hmm. was, it was wonderful. Well, that, that led you then to be... Uh, now you're active in so many different ministries in the church. And I, so a lot of times when people become Catholic, all they do is they come to church, they go on Sunday, 
They go on uh, holy days and they sit there in the pew. But you're not that kind of person. You're doing stuff. You're at the church all the time doing things. I know one of the things that uh, you're involved in is that man is you. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about what that is that some of our listeners may not know? That man and you. That that man is you is a program designed to reinvigorate the spirituality of the men of our faith. Um, we meet at six thirty on Saturday mornings. 6.30 to 8. And the reason we meet at that time is because we don't want to take the men from their families. Get them together early Saturday morning, do our teaching, do our fellowship, and then boom, go back to your families. Yeah, and that's a video. there's a video portion of that, correct? There's three portions of it, actually. We meet together, use it for a little something to eat, for fellowship, talk, just general chit-chat. Then we watch a uh, video, which usually lasts about 20, 25 minutes, and then we sit down in small groups to discuss that video, mm-hmm. which is a lot of conversation because the video hit different people different ways. Yeah, and it's just men only. So I think men are different than women, contrary <laughs> to what you might hear on other forms of media. But we are different, correct? We are. <laughs> that we are. So we, we each handle our faith differently, and it's geared towards men. I mean, that man is you, the, the, the uh, title comes from the prophet Nathan when he went before King David and pointed out to him, and basically he described to King David, it's in the Bible, what the way uh, King David had acquired a wife, had her husband sent to battle to be killed, but he described him in a way that King David didn't know that the prophet Nathan was talking about him, and when he asked King David, what would you do with this guy? He said, I'd have to put that man to death, and Nathan looked at him and said, "Well, that man is you." <laughs> <laughs> what a great, what a what a great name, right? What a what a great it name is. For ministry. The other thing you do, I know you're the recorder for Knights of Columbus Council forty sixty eight, and that's a thankless job. I mean, <laughs> so on behalf of the of the uh, Knights, thank you for doing that. I know that that's a a job that has to be done, but it's it's one of those thankless jobs, and you never complain about it. So thank you for your work there. You're very welcome. I re- I receive a lot of support while doing it because as I don't have full use of my right hand anymore and writing. Out the notes is a little difficult, but the uh, Grand Knights made things easier for me, and everybody just takes your time is very patient and understanding with me. And I know that you're a longtime member of the Curcio movement. You did your Curcio many years ago, correct? Back in 1994. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was in Steelton, I think, right? St. James Church in Steelton, yes. That's right. Well, yes. So I know you're really active in the Curcio movement. Also, you're active, excuse me, in the prayer ministry at our church. Why don't you, a lot of people may not know how that works. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that program is? The prayer ministry at our church is uh, every, let's see, the first and third Saturdays of the month after the Saturday evening Mass. And it's for people that want prayer or need prayer for anything in their life. <clears throat> it can be for family members. It can be for health or healing. It can be for financial matters. Anything you want prayer for, we invite you to come there, and there's a team that's trained, and they, they'll pray over you for it. And you do that in the chapel, correct? That's in the, uh, yes, Divine Mercy Chapel. What kind of uh, fruit do you see from that, from from your standpoint? How, how does that how does that make you feel as you get to do that ministry? Well, just being able to pray for people is a fruit that I receive, because when we pray for these people, a lot of times we don't see them back, so we don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think, to me, that is what we're to, put, to be in Christ. We're not meant to see the fruits of everything we do, mm-hmm. but plant good seeds. 
and Christ will take it from there. That's right. Uh, you were also involved in the living ministry, the living water ministry. Living ministry. Waters ministry. Can you talk a little bit about what living waters is. Living waters is a healing ministry for the people who carry a brokenness with them. I mean, the <laughs> who doesn't? Let me just interrupt you there. I mean, like, who doesn't? Well, that's what a lot of us in the ministry talk about. It's like this is for everybody, but yeah. very few people want to step forward. Uh, initially, the ministry got its start out in Kansas City, Missouri, where it was a designed for the people that were had same sex attractions, mm-hmm. and it was to help them see their way out of it. <laughs> but I know. When Monsignor King brought it to our parish, it was more he he he's one who brought it up to the founder out there that people are broken for much more things than just same sex attractions. Yeah. So the, the the whole ministry is now revolved around you know searching your wounds, mm-hmm. searching your past. Where did the brokenness come from? What were the wounds that caused it? And it brings in healing. It's all about healing and making us whole because God wants us to be whole. He doesn't want us to be broken. He wants us to be the whole person, happy person that he created us to be. And that brokenness comes from one source. We know what that source is. And we just got to share this healing ministry with everybody. Yeah, I know, I know that right now it's kind of <clears throat> dormant in our parish right now. I know we're trying to get it revitalized. And there are people that have gone out and gotten the training uh, so that that can continue on in our parish in the future, hopefully, right? My wife and I just got back mm-hmm. from the training from last week. <laughs> it was a wonderful week. I mean, how can a day go bad when you're attending Mass every day, having an hour, hour of adoration every day, and hearing these speakers come in? There was Christopher West speak on theology of the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that just, I mean, with the way he presented it, I mean, he, he said some things that, you know, reading the theology of the body just was like so many levels above me. I just couldn't yeah, understand it. <laughs> yeah. But he did, he broke it down in a way that I couldn't understand. And after the first night, my wife and I went back to her room talking. And she just looked at me and said, what happened to you? And I said, well, things were pretty. I, I could put my, wrap my head around this stuff. And she says, you're saying things to me that I have longed to hear for 20 years or more. Wow. That's amazing. Now, I know we've we've all learned lessons as we've gone through our life. What kind of lessons have you learned through your faith experience? Uh, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that, you know, I look back at my dark years after coming out of the Marine Corps, um, and I know that if God has grace and mercy and healing for me, can pull me out of depth of that, He's got his arms reached out to anybody. Anybody who wants to reach back, find an avenue. I mean, lack of anything else, come to me over to the Lansing. I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll have a cup of coffee. We'll, we'll get a cup of hot chocolate. Do you have a favorite saint? Actually, I have a couple of them. Uh, I would St. John Bosco and St. Maximilian Colby are my two favorite. Why? Um... I mean, John Bosco, he was interacting with the youth and said, and I, I'm trying to think of the exact words he said, and I can't so paraphrase, but he, he just always said about how the youth are, he just, just got to reach out to them and work with them. They're, they're not bad. No matter how bad you think mm-hmm. they are, they're not bad. There's something good in them. St. Yep. Maximilian Colby, 
I mean, there, there's a, just his his love for Our Lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was phenomenal. Yeah, and we. It's so great that we have this giant, all these saints that are all praying for us. We forget about that all the time. But that whole community of saints, and they're all praying for us right now. They are. It, it's amazing to contemplate that, and we all have our we all have our favorites. And that's. You know, our church is so big, and we it's it's there's so much depth to it, and sometimes we just take it for granted. And particularly people like me who are cradle Catholics, you know. Um, but well, some, I got to go ahead. No, sometimes our churches are big enough where we feel like we're unseen, mm-hmm. and we feel isolated. And that is, if there's one thing I want to crack in the Catholic Church, that's it. There's so much warmth and depth in our church and our faith. It's That's one of the things I think we get a bad rap. I think a lot of Protestant churches feel like um, they, they have a more open kind of a feeling, more welcoming kind of thing. And I think for us, we need to work on making sure that our doors are open and we have people greeting people at our churches and you know, welcoming to our church. Cause it's so easy to, Monsignor King always talking about all the exits to our church. Really easy, ex- lots of exit ramps. And we have to make more on-ramps more to our church, right? I mean, I think that's so very important. Real quick, we're going to run out of time. What's your number one takeaway for our listeners? If God can reach me in the depths that I was when I came out of the Marine Corps, he can reach anybody. There's mercy and healing in the church for anyone. Wow. Good words of wisdom from Denny Rao, one of our active members at St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish. Denny, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Joe. It's good to have you here on Holy Family Radio. Everybody, thank you for listening to this edition of Central Pennsylvania Voices. Listen again next time. God bless.